a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman. The Adventures of Superman. How many of you, that brings back some good memories? How many of you remember... Now, be careful, you're aging yourself here. You're aging yourself, right? Well, welcome again to Riverway. We are starting this brand new series called Unstoppable Love. And when I thought of the word unstoppable, I instantly thought of Superman, right? I mean, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. I mean, Superman is unstoppable. What do you think of when you think of the word unstoppable? Um, my wife would, might even say our toddler, our toddler is unstoppable. Uh, we have an almost three-year-old, and he has learned how to get out of the house without any of us knowing. And this last week, he got out of the house and was trying to get into the neighbor's house. And unfortunately, their teenage son was home alone, and he thought someone was breaking into the house. And so he called his mom in a panic, saying, should I call 911? They called the neighbor instead and found out that it was just Paxton trying to get into their house because he wanted to see their dog. So, you know, it's just... He's unstoppable. I don't know, you know what comes to mind for you, but what about God's love? Is God's love unstoppable? Is his love unconditional? Because these questions we're going to try to answer over the next couple of weeks. And if you're new to church or maybe giving church another chance, I'm glad that you're here today because in understanding what we're going to talk about really can be a game changer, I believe, for you. Uh, or for those of you that have been in church as long as you can remember, uh, you may have gotten a misrepresentation of what this really means. And um, my hope is that you would leave today with a new understanding of how unstoppable God's love really is for you. And so right inside of your bulletin should be some message notes. If you want to reach inside and grab those out and grab your pen, and you can do some fill in the blanks and follow along with us. I want to welcome those of you watching in the parent viewing room. Uh, that's a great place to go if you have little ones that get fussy during the service. We just kindly ask you to take them out the back door there, and an usher can help you find that room where you can watch the service live with us. When we talk about God's love, I think for many of us, we instinctively think about something we have to earn. And really, it's from our own humanity, right? A lot of times in our relationships, we earn love with one another. And so when it comes to God's love, oftentimes we think that we have to earn his love. And somewhere maybe down deep, we realize we don't deserve it. But maybe, just maybe, we could do enough good to tip the scales in our favor so that God would love us more or like us more or show some compassion towards us or give us more forgiveness that somehow we are able to move those scales. And truth be told, that's what people did for thousands of years as they approached their false gods. They would do anything to get their attention. They would yell and scream and dance. They would cut themselves. I mean, there'd be bloodshed. They would sacrifice their children. They would do anything they could to get their God's attention. They wanted their blessing. They wanted their favor for whatever it is. But yet the God of the Bible is proven to be someone quite different 
And in fact, John describes him this way in 1 John 4, 16. He said, God is love. God is love. Not that God wants to love, not that God is loving, but that God is love. Your very first filling in your notes. You see, love isn't something that God does. Love is who he is. Love is who he is. And this is a part of his character. This runs deeper than anything else we know about God. He doesn't flip on his love like an on and off switch. You know, in our relationships, oftentimes if someone does, you know, they're, they're making the right choices, whatever, our love is good for them. But if someone really hurts us, someone betrays us, it's like we turn that love off. God isn't that way. There's no light switch on or off for God when it comes to his love. It's just who he is, which means this, your next feeling, that God can't be anything other than love. It's who he is all the time. I mean, you think about this, that every single motive that comes from our heavenly father is based out of love. Every motive of God towards you is based out of love. And I don't know about you, but this kind of hurts my head a little bit. It hurts my brain to think about this. That God's only motive towards me is love. And I think when we can grasp and understand the, this fullness of God, that he loves us unconditionally, that it truly is unstoppable, there's this fullness that enters into our life. And, and truth be told, no one really knew this better than the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was a guy in his early years and all he did was persecute and kill Christians. And then one day he has a life-changing experience with the love of God. And even though he had done horrible things, he found forgiveness and a love that he did not know existed. And years later, after being living proof of how God's love can change a human being, he wrote these words to the church in Thessalonica. And he said this, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. He says, come on, I know you're not there yet. I know you might believe in God, but I'm trying to lead you into a place of full understanding. Everybody say full understanding. Full understanding. Turn to the person next to you and say full understanding. This is not a partial understanding of God's love. He says, I am praying for you that you would have a full understanding of the love of Christ because when you have a full understanding of the love of Christ, it changes your life. It changes your life. Hey, just a few months ago, we had the incredible privilege as a state to host the Super Bowl. How many know what I'm talking about? Wasn't that awesome to host the Super Bowl? Anybody go to the Super Bowl? Okay, you didn't. All right, that's because we're all poor. Okay, we <laughs> couldn't afford to go. Uh, but they had this really cool thing at the convention center called the Super Bowl Experience. Did anyone go to that? Okay, a couple people. It was so cool. Uh, I have 10 and 11-year-old boys, and I let them skip school for a day. Sorry, teachers. And we went to the NFL Experience down at, at the convention center. It was so awesome. And there was like mock-up locker rooms that you could go in, and there was helmets, and there was live broadcasting, and there was all sorts of really, really cool things. How they made footballs, I mean, player autographs, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, my boys were just in heaven. It was so cool. And we stumbled upon this obstacle course, and it looked just like this. And this obstacle course, we were watching the people go through it, and my kids decided that they wanted to challenge me in the obstacle course, right? And of course I accepted. And why did I accept? 
Because although I am turning 40 this year, I wanted my boys to have a full understanding that their dad can still beat them at anything. <laughs> right? Go ahead and watch this video real quick. Ready? Hold on. Hold. Hold. I totally won. You didn't get over the net. You didn't get over the net. I totally won. That really last one, because I felt. Yeah, yeah, you heard them. They wanted a redo. They wanted a redo. Uh, but I did not take them up on that offer. I thought I may not win the next time, so we will just leave it at that. Dad won. That's how it is, right? Dads, we still got to prove it once in a while, right? No matter how big they get, we can still beat them. So, uh, but this is what Paul is saying. He's listen. I want you to have a full understanding and to be reminded of this over and over again, how much God truly loves you. This mind-blowing reality that God's love for you is unstoppable. And I believe that the key to believing that and living in it is this next fill-in right here, that in order to grasp the love of God, you have to stop thinking that God thinks like you think. In order to grasp the love of God, you have to stop thinking that God thinks like you think. And this is super, super profound, yet simple. Because God doesn't think like we think. His ways are so much higher. His thoughts are so much higher than ours. He doesn't operate like you and I do. I love this. Pastor Paul Tripp said this about this. He said, remember that your Lord isn't like you. He doesn't have any weakness. He never lacks in love. He never has to stop to rest. He has no prejudices and will never act unrighteously toward you. What is unexpected to you isn't unexpected to your Lord. What is hard for you is never a hardship to him. What could defeat you just becomes another place where he demonstrates his power and glory. God isn't like you. Aren't you glad that God isn't like you? I'm glad that God isn't like me. And it also means that he loves completely differently than we do. And when you think of this word unstoppable, it just simply means something that cannot be stopped. And in this series, we're talking about how God's love sends his heaven, from heaven, he sends his love to you, and it simply cannot be stopped. The Bible talks over and over again how it's never ending. And I don't think we can wrap our minds around this because let me ask you this question. What in your life is never ending. What in, what in your life, right? Someone in the previous service said, bills. <laughs> you say, well, yes, that is kind of true. <laughs> but you think about this. Everything in our life, every context in which we live has a beginning and an ending, right? Your week begins, your week ends. You clock in, you clock out, right? The sun goes up, the sun goes down. The baseball game starts, the baseball game ends. You were born, one day you will die. Everything in our life has a beginning and an ending. And so, your next fill-in. We have no context to understand what never-ending means, yet this is how God describes his love for us. We simply have no human ability or context to truly understand what never-ending means. But the Bible says it's ongoing, it's everlasting, un 
ending. Now, there is some love that we understand. We understand, like, passionate love. We understand young love. We understand first love, right? And for those of you that have been in a relationship longer than a week, you understand that it all boils back down to the ability to sustain that love. Isn't that true? You see, God doesn't have to work at sustaining love because he is love. But for you and I, we have to work hard at sustaining love. Because when someone becomes unlovable, it's hard to love them. Isn't that true? When people do things to us that hurt us, I mean, we like, come on, honest moment. We like to say, oh, we have unconditional love for people. But the truth is, just give it some time. Give it some mistakes. Give it some hurts. Give it some betrayals. And you will discover just how conditional our love really is. Our human love is conditional, but God's love isn't. Your next fill-in. You see, God's love for you has no conditions. And I know some of you maybe never heard this before, but I want us to read that out loud together, but instead of you, say the word me, right? Can we read this? God's love for me has no conditions. Come on, say that again. God's love for me has no conditions. Crazy to think about. And it's totally different how we approach relationships, isn't it? It's totally different than the mindset that Paul is inviting us into when he says this in Ephesians 3.17. He says, and I pray, again, he's praying for us, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to, what's that word? To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul says, listen, there is a love so deep for you that your human mind cannot even understand it. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you grasp it. I'm praying that you would truly understand how much your heavenly father loves you because when you grasp it and you understand it and you live in it, it changes your life. I don't know, has anyone ever been to California and seen the redwood trees, the big, the big redwood trees? I mean, they're just fascinating, amazing. And I've got a couple pictures that I want to show you of, of these trees because when you're at the bottom and you're looking up, it's almost like they go on forever. Look at this next picture. I mean, just the breadth and the magnitude. I mean, some of these trees are so large, they've cut it out where cars drive through the tree. And Paul's saying, I want you to understand how high God's love is. And if you picture these redwood trees just for a moment, we're told that they were completely full of God's love for you. That every branch and every groove, every leaf was for you. You'd be overwhelmed by that kind of greatness. You'd be overwhelmed by the enormity of that much love. And he says, think bigger, think higher. And you may begin to fathom the way that God sees you. I mean, think of outer space. With all of our technology, just when scientists think that they are on the brink of discovering the end of the universe, what do they find? Another black hole that leads into a place that we don't know. And I believe that they will never find the end of space because of God's greatness. And yet we read in Scripture that God's love for you reaches further 
than all of that. In fact, David said in Psalm 36, 5 through 7, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. You think about how deep the ocean is. Did you know that the deepest part of the ocean is called the challenger part, whatever, challenger part of the ocean? And it's 37,000 feet deep, which is nearly seven miles deep. Now, if you want to get a good understanding of what that is, on your way home today in your car, reset your odometer, and I want you to drive for seven miles all the way thinking this is how deep it would be to go to the bottom of the ocean. Seven miles. That's an incredible distance. Yet David says that God's love for you and me surpasses the greatest heights and it surpasses the greatest depths that there's nowhere that we could go without God's love. It's deeper and higher than all of that. Uh, one of my other favorite examples is just sand. You know, you look at this jar of sand, which I stole from a playground this morning and don't tell anybody, but I, I will return it except for that amount that just spilled. But how many grains of sand do you think are in this jar? What about a cup? What about just a cup of sand? What would be your guess? Because I actually know. My kids counted them this week, and I made them. I said, you're sitting here until you finish this. I'm just kidding. I asked, I asked the Googs, just like you do, Google. I mean, you just you ask the Googs, and the Googs says that 2 million grains of sand are in one cup. Two million in one cup. And there's about seven cups in here. 14 million grains of sand in this jar. Unbelievable. And when you read Psalm 139, 17, it's so amazing as David says this. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. That I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand on the face of the earth. I mean, I want you to think about every beach and every ocean floor. Think about every grain of sand on the face of the earth. Scientists tell us that really there's no way we can know, but their best rough estimate is seven quintillion grains of sand. And I know that you deal with those numbers every day, but I don't. And so I wanted to show you a picture of what that looks like. Seven quintillion grains of sand. And the Bible says that God's thoughts of love towards you outnumber them all. In fact, it's a startling reality when you realize that God could love you more in a moment than anyone could in a lifetime. That he has nothing but thoughts of love towards you. His only motive is love. It's unstoppable. And early on, and I'm not really even sure where I picked this up, but and maybe you've experienced some of this, but there was a time in my life that I realized that I was treating God's love much like a gas gauge. That if I did the right things, that his love would be more for me. And if I did wrong things, that his love would be less for me. And I'm telling you, even well into my 20s, I mean, it probably wasn't even until 10 or 12 years ago that I even truly understood what it meant and to grasp the love of God that he had for me, that it was not based on my performance, but it was based on his character. That his love could not be earned. That there's nothing good I could do to make him love me more, and there was nothing bad I could do to make him love me less. And that's exactly what God wants you to know today. 
There's nothing you can do to earn his love. It's full. And in fact, that's your next full one, that God loves us fully at our very best and our very worst. He loves us fully. The gas gauge is all the way at full. There's no way that we could get it any less than full. And when I began to grasp this and understand it, I'm telling you what, there was a part of my life that changed. It changed me. And even to this day, there's times that I still struggle with this thought and there's still times that I think, well, maybe God loves me less because of that. And then I have to remember this truth that it's his character, that he's loved, that he can't be anything else, that his love is unstoppable towards me. There's nothing I could do to push against it. He loves us at our very best and our very worst, and there's no earthly match. So let me ask you this question. If you begin to understand and grasp that kind of love, what do you do with it? What do you do with that kind of love? Have you ever been in a friendship or a relationship where you felt fully loved? Maybe for a portion of time? Your heart wanted to reciprocate that love, didn't it? And you were filled with gratitude. Maybe you've been in a situation where somebody loved you even when you didn't deserve it. And boy, it just musters up so much gratitude towards that person. And in understanding the incredible depth, width, height of God's love towards us, David encourages us in the very same way. In Psalm 136.2, he says this, give thanks to the God of gods for his love endures forever. Give thanks because his love endures. It endures forever. It doesn't just endure while you're in church. It doesn't just endure for a week or a month. But his love towards you and I endures until you take your last breath and you get to see him face to face. His love endures on our busy days when we forget to spend time with him. His love endures in moments in our life when we curse him for not bending his will towards ours. His love endures when we place things and relationships in front of him. His love endures when we've made mistakes and we know it we feel guilt or we feel shame and we carry regrets his love endures through that in fact his love even endured the cross the moment in time when God placed all of humanity's sin upon him and he willingly went to the cross and died for us because his love was unstoppable for us. And he rose again three days later. And he offers his love to us. You see, your next feeling, we did nothing to deserve God's love, but he offers it anyway. We did nothing to deserve it. There's nothing we could do to earn it. Yet he continues to offer it to us. And here's the amazing thing about his love, and then we're gonna wrap up. Listen, don't miss this. Here's the amazing thing about his love. 
there has never been a guarantee that we would love him back. There never was and there never will be a guarantee. And I've got four kids and I just can't imagine there being a moment in time that would break our relationship where they didn't love me, where I didn't love them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some days I don't like my kids, but I always love them. You know what I'm saying? How many parents can relate? Okay, good. We've all been there. But my love for them, what I want nothing, I don't, I don't want them to do something for me. My hope is that they would love me in return. And that's exactly what your heavenly Father hopes for you. You see, it's your last feeling that God is hoping that his love for us will spur in us a love for him. That when we fully understand and we fully grasp an unstoppable love that we can do nothing to deserve or earn, that it would spur us on to say, God, I want to love you in return. That you took all of my brokenness, you took my mess, you took my sin, my mistakes, and you willingly loved me anyway. And you died for me so that I could know this love. I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any better than that. And there's no valley you could walk through that would keep you from his love. There's no lie from the enemy that could stop it. There's no mistake that you can make that could stop it. His love will endure for you like no other love. And so in just a moment, we're gonna close this thing out by singing a song together that talks about God's love towards us. And maybe you're in a spot where you've never received the unconditional, undeserved love of God. And if that's you, I want to encourage you during this song just to open your heart and say, God, I received this love. Maybe I've never known it, I've never received it, but God, in this moment, I'm, I'm opening my heart and asking you to fill my heart with your love. Or maybe you've been around church maybe your whole life, maybe you've had a relationship with God for a very long time. And maybe there's just been part of you over time that's taken his love for granted. And maybe during this song, it would be gratitude, just like David said, give thanks to God for his enduring love. Or maybe you're in this spot that while God's love has always been chasing you, you've never loved him back. You've never asked him to forgive your sin. You've never asked him to be the leader of your life. And in these moments, you can do exactly that. To say, God, not only am I receiving this love, but maybe you even say the words, God, I love you. Maybe those words have never come out of your mouth before. God, I love you for loving me. Undeserved, unearned. God, your love is amazing. And we're gonna sing this song, and, and one of my favorite lines in this song is that when I was your foe, your love still fought for me that powerful? When I was your foe, your love still fought for me. But it gives me hope that no matter where we're at in life, he's still chasing after us. He's still coming after us with his unstoppable love. Such powerful words. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no lie he won't tear down coming after us. And today I'd just like us to end by just taking 30 seconds to pray. And right where you're at, 
And maybe in this moment, it could be your moment to talk to God. And we believe here every way that God can speak to our hearts. And it won't be an audible voice, but he'll speak right to us. And so maybe you're in that spot of receiving love. Maybe it's telling him that you love him, or maybe it's him asking him for his forgiveness and asking him to be the leader of your life. But between you and God, let's do that for 30 seconds, can we? Let's do that right now. Father, we are overwhelmed at the greatness of your love towards us. That even though we don't deserve it and we couldn't earn it, God, you gave your son for us. And Paul's prayer is our prayer, God, that we would begin to fully understand and grasp how big your love is for us. For those that prayed to receive your love, for those that prayed to ask you to be the leader of their life, I pray that they would sense your grace and your love in an overwhelming way in this moment. God, for those that maybe have taken that love for granted and maybe today express gratitude back to you, may they just sense your pleasure and your love in an overwhelming way. that we would continue to grasp this, that even tomorrow as we go to work, God, as we bump into a mistake and we're quick to maybe think that you don't love us the same, God, I pray that you would again help us to fully understand how big and how awesome your love is for every single one of us. And may we live in it. And may we be that expression for other people the same way you've loved us, that we would love others. And this would be defining for us as we live this life out for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.